cover to cover, the Bible uh, lets us know that uh, in life, we're gonna have struggles. We're gonna have battles. Attacks are gonna come our way. And cover to cover, the Bible teaches that the worst attacks do not come from outside upon a person. The worst attacks are from the inside. The most important battles in life are not external and physical, they are internal and spiritual. And some of us today are losing the battle on the inside against despair and discouragement and depression. But I have good news. I have good news as we conclude our study on the Old Testament servant of God, Elijah. The good news is that God knows all about your internal struggles and that God knows how to give you power in the valley. In our study of Elijah so far, we've seen his external battles and how they've really followed uh, nothing uh, but victory. They've had nothing but victory. Uh, Elijah humiliated the false idol Baal the supposed rain god, by praying and stopping all rainfall for over three years. Uh, in a mountain showdown, uh, Elijah set up a, an altar to Baal and an altar to the living God, and the Baal worshipers began to pray that fire would come down on their altar, and after hours of praying and pleading and bleeding, uh, nothing happened. But when Elijah prayed a few sentences, whoosh, the fire of God comes down from heaven and fire consumes the altar. And then Elijah bows on his knees and prays for rain. And then, whoo, comes down buckets, buckets of rain. So with Elijah, it's just external victory after victory. So Elijah runs with joy to the palace of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, confident that all these displays of God's power will change them and that they'll repent before God and they'll destroy all their idols to Baal. But Elijah is just about to confront one of those huge internal struggles with sadness and disappointment because the king and queen are not on their knees. They're on a rampage, and such that before reaching the palace, Elijah finds out that no one in the kingdom seems to be turning back to God, and in fact, Queen Jezebel was filled with so much rage against Elijah that she has now dedicated her life to Elijah's death, which leads to Elijah's internal battle that we read about in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 3. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said, Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And I, we're going to continue the story, but I just want to stop there in order to say something I believe that God wants me to emphasize today. See, I had a conversation with God before 
this message today, and it started with me saying, God, I know that you want me to talk about Elijah's internal struggle with the valley of extreme discouragement, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that some people will just check out on this message because they don't personally struggle with depression or valleys. And here's what I sense God saying to me. God said, trust me, I know people. Everyone struggles with internals in the valley of discouragement and disappointment and depression, including my children, my loved ones. And God, I heard God say, I want my people to know that they are never powerless in the valley because I am with them. And I sense God strongly emphasizing how his children do spend time in the valleys of discouragement and depression like everyone else, and how much God wants to save us from the defeat of the terrible lie. See, there's a terrible lie that gets falsely stapled onto the terrific truth. Here's the terrific truth. The terrific truth is that if I follow Jesus, he fills me with his Holy Spirit who brings joy. But here's the terrible lie. The terrible lie is, so therefore, it is a sin to be sad. It is a sin to feel low and down and discouraged. Since the Holy Spirit brings joy, I'm guilty of the sin of quenching the Holy Spirit whenever I feel down or depressed. This is a terrible lie that does awful damage to the people of God. By defeating the people of God with guilt in the valley before they can receive the power of God in the valley. By pushing Jesus-loving believers away from God and his love at the very time when they need him most. It's a sin to be sad. That's a lie. And how do we know that it's a lie? Jesus. We know a person can be completely filled with the Holy Spirit and deeply sad at the same time. Because in the Gospels, we see this true of Jesus several times. Jesus wept tears of grief. Jesus felt overwhelming sadness and distress. Today is Palm Sunday, when we begin a week of reflecting on the most important week in human history, where before going to the cross, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and said out loud for his friends to hear, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and deep sadness at the same time. Jesus proves that the joy that comes from God's divine control in my life coexists alongside my human sadness that is often out of my control in life, like Elijah's sadness in the valley. Elijah demonstrates the truth that God's pleasing servants can also struggle with depression 
And Elijah demonstrates how much God wants to come alongside his people who are depressed in the valley and come alongside them with his loving presence and power. In Elijah's story, we see God's love for you in the valley. If you are God's child through Jesus and you're in the valley now or your journey will lead you into the valley sometime soon, Elijah and his experience is an indication of just how much God loves you in the valley. God does not judge you. He does not ignore you. He loves you and seeks to support you in the valley, just like he cared for Elijah in the valley, starting with his physical care. Right after Elijah asks God to take his life and he fell asleep, the story picks up in verse five. All at once, an angel touched Elijah and said, get up and eat. Elijah looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So Elijah got up and ate and drank. So we'll continue the story in just a moment, but first notice you don't need to be a Bible scholar to see that, at least in part, Elijah's depression was the result of physical depletion and exhaustion. Elijah had been undernourished and underrested for a long time, and he lost his internal battle on the inside when his spirit gave out along with his body. So God came to him in the person of this messenger uh, with water and bread baked over hot coals. Uh, my guess is that God brought this particular menu because it was uh, Elijah's favorite meal. If it was you, maybe it would be different. Maybe uh, God would deliver pizza over hot coals, uh, you know, better than Pepe's, Modern's, or Sally's, you know, because uh, New Heaven pizza is even better than New Haven uh, pizza, so. <laughs> but notice how God shows in Elijah that there's a biological connection between the battles we lose on the inside and what's happening in our bodies on the outside. We can't be naive. Lack of sleep, lack of exercise, uh, overindulgence uh, in alcohol or any indulgence in recreational drugs, overstressing, overworking, underresting, all of these have a direct connection to depression. For power in the valley, God brings me and Elijah back to the fourth of the Ten Commandments and Sabbath rest, which gives my mind and body the space it needs to heal, which is how I see anti-depression medication. Uh, very often, these uh, antidepressants are God-given helps that help regulate our brain chemistry so that uh, we can have enough clear thinking space to address the underlying causes of our depression. See, medicine is, is great, but it is never enough because there is almost always underlying causes that lead us into the valley of depression, which God empowers us to confront and address 
just like he did Elijah. We pick up the reading in verse 8. Strengthened by that food, Elijah traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There Elijah went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. You know, in Isaiah chapter nine, we're told that God is a wonderful counselor. And right here, we see God's wonderful counseling with that probing question, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Which is the perfect question to help Elijah get to the underlying causes of his depression, which is what good counseling always does and why therapy and counseling is so helpful, so important, so crucial. What are the underlying causes with Elijah? Well, I hear anger, disappointment, and fear, and uh, loneliness and despair that makes him just want to quit. I hear Elijah's anger and disappointment saying, God, I did everything right and you didn't come through for me. I hear fear and loneliness with Elijah saying, I'm unloved, alone, and everybody wants to hurt me. What's your underlying cause? What's the underlying cause? If you're in the valley, God's love keeps asking that single question. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What's the underlying cause? After Jesus rose from the dead, uh, Peter was depressed with guilt and feelings of regret after denying Jesus three times. So guess what? The risen Jesus called Peter to come out of his boat and come ashore where Jesus had a meal ready for him over what? Hot coals. And while they ate, Jesus would ask the same probing question, which was designed to get to Peter and both get to the underlying cause of Peter's depression and designed to whisper to Peter's heart the powerful truth of Jesus' complete love and forgiveness for Peter, just like God does for Elijah, as we read here in verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, this is my favorite part. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I just love this. I love how through Elijah, God shows us that the only way to win the battle inside is with the power of truth found in God's word. Because on some level, Every internal battle with depression is really not a battle 
of emotion between happiness and sadness. Most of all, it is a spiritual war between God's truth and lies. It is a spiritual war between truth and lies, which is why God gets Elijah to Mount Horeb. <laughs> What's that? Well, Mount Horeb is the same place you know by a more famous name, Mount Sinai, which means that God brought Elijah back to God's word by literally bringing him back to the place God gave Moses the first five books of the Bible. Don't miss the significance of this. All of us go through the valley, but God never leaves us powerless in the valley. God gives us the power of his whispered word of truth. This is God's greatest power in the valley. God never leaves us. But it's not the wind. It's, it's not the earthquake that we should be looking for, not the fire. It's his whispered word. I love that we don't know what God whispered to Elijah, but it's kept a secret in Scripture because it's a personal matter, just like the personal whisper that God has given you right now. And we don't know what that whispered word was to Elijah, but we do know, and I'm gonna show you why we know this in just a moment. What we do know is that God whispered the truth to Elijah. Like it is for Elijah, God never leaves you powerless in the valley, but gives you the truth power that comes from his word, the truth power that addresses the underlying causes of my depression by defeating the lies I hear in the valley. In the valley, I hear lies saying you're guilty and unforgivable. You failed and so you should just give up. You're damaged and so you should quit. You're alone and forgotten. You're unwanted. You're unneeded. You have no hope, no future. You're unlovable, unhealable, unredeemable. And so you might as well just curl up and die. That is the lie. But God in Jesus whispers his truth with power to defeat these lies. In Jesus, God's word tells me the truth. He whispers the truth to me saying, you're never unloved because I never stop loving you. I saw your unformed body before you were born and I loved you before you got your name. I knew you. I created you with a unique face and fingerprints which makes you my workmanship, my masterpiece. I give you a personal gift mix that makes you one of a kind. Yes, you were far from me in sin, but I've never been far from you. You were dead in sin and I died for you. I died for you because you are worth everything to me. I fill you with my spirit because I want to be close to you. I want to partner with you in my power. Where others abandon you, I will never leave you. Where others hurt you with hate, 
I heal you with my nail-scarred hand. Where others abuse you, I shower you with my agape, unconditional love, so you can be strong and courageous. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can finish the race that I've set before you and not quit until you reach the home that I have prepared for you and where I will speak over you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter your master's happiness. So don't ever give up, God says, because I never give up on you. If you will listen, if you will listen, that is what God is whispering to you today. God is whispering his truth power in the valley so that you can win the all-important battle on the inside. Now, does that mean that God will always be with you in the valley? Yes. Does that mean that God will always give you power in the valley? Yes. Does that mean that God will always take away all your struggles on the inside? No. Does that mean that God will take away all your depression, all days of your life? No. In fact, we don't even know if God fully lifted Elijah's depression. What we know is that God always gives power to his people in the valley. God gives the power of his truth over lies. God gives the power of community over isolation. As we read in verse 15, then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Second time that question comes. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram, also anoint Jehu king over Israel, and anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. And I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. So I mentioned that uh, we don't know what God whispered to Elijah, but we know it was God's truth defeating the lies of the valley. We know this because we hear God defeating the lies that came out of Elijah's own mouth. Elijah said, I am the only one left, God. I'm the only one who follows you, God. I am all alone. <laughs> what a classic lie in the valley, which God defeats with his truth power statement, Elijah you are not alone. I have 7,000 people who follow me just like you. When God proceeds to, uh, to then help Elijah to get out of his own head and then go to uh, people in the uh, community of God, we see the truth. We see also the lie. Don't believe the lie that you have to wait until every cloud of sadness or depression lifts before you can get out of your head and get back into the game. Don't believe the lie 
that it's, it's just focusing on yourself in the valley, that's what you gotta do? No, God lifts your eyes to what he's doing, to his work, how he wants to use you in the community. God lifts you to get out of your head and get into the body of Christ. God calls Elijah out of valley isolation and into community where he can serve and be served, where he can give and receive care and encouragement and purpose, and power. So from the valley, God leads Elijah back on the wild side, back to this walk on the wild side. But this time, it's not by himself. This time, he he takes Elisha with him. And together we read in Scripture uh, how Elijah and Elisha make this dynamic duo uh, walking on the wild side together. Don't miss this. God loves you in the valley, and so he gives you power in the valley because he loves you too much to leave you there. God calls you to keep walking on the wild side with him by coming out of your isolation and into friendship and Christ-centered community, into life-giving relationships where you allow yourself to care and be cared for in the body of Christ in Jesus' name. So if you are in the valley today, would you let God reach you through his people? Would you let God care for you through his people? Would you let God whisper his truth over you through his people? So reach out in prayer. Now reach out for prayer with others by, uh, you see there's a, a, an online note here that uh, you can call us or email us. Uh, if you're here in the building, uh, go to the prayer room right from this room and uh, you can receive prayer for you or for a loved one who needs God's power in the valley. Also, reach out for care. Please, reach out. If you are in a place of uh, quiet desperation, don't suffer alone. Reach out for care, support, and counsel through this email or phone that you see here. You may be in the valley today, or your journey may just lead you there sometime soon. Turn to God's love in Jesus and remember Elijah's power trip with God and how God loves you in the valley. So he gives you power in the valley because he loves you too much to leave you there. Thank you for watching Black Rock Church's Sunday service. We're so glad you found us and we hope this message made you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in the area, we invite you to join us to worship in a service. You can find out about our times and locations right here on this webpage. We'd also love to help you connect in a group and find people who can walk alongside you as you continue deepening your understanding and faith. And after you get to know us, you might even like to use your gifts to serve on a team. We believe God gave each of us unique gifts that we can use to serve those around us, one body with many different parts. If you're not able to be here in person, don't worry. We have a great online community and many ways for you to join in virtually and talk to us throughout the week. You can also stay in touch on our website, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Instagram. By visiting our website, you can also easily give your offering one time as an online gift or a reoccurring gift. Just click give at the top. 
The Bible tells us that tithing is an important part of our relationship with Jesus, and we want to continue to trust God with our lives and our finances. Well, we are so glad you made the choice to get to know us and view one of our services. We hope that you join us next week. Thanks so much for watching.